Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have John Walderick here with us. John is the Assistant Director for Media Reviews for the Catholic News Service. He's involved in visual media, does movie reviews over the past 14 years. And the topic today is why we need Christmas movies, why we need Christmas movies. So a special welcome to you, John. Thank you, Father. It's great to be with you. Great. Well, it is interesting that there's a lot of buzz in the air every time we get near Christmas where people are asking the question, let's watch Christmas movies. Let's have some hot cider or hot chocolate and sit down and, and with Christmas cookies. And but what, what do you think the gift of Christmas movies in general are for us around this time of the year? Well, I think it's a great family activity and it's a way of getting in the mood for Christmas along with Christmas carols and decorating and all of those traditions. And I think particularly for kids, it can be, film can be a way of conveying a story that is powerful and immediate in a way perhaps that a book would not be, not that I wouldn't encourage that, but the, the directness of film could, could Im- increase the impact for young people of the story. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking, there's a lot of different delightful Christmas movies. There's Elf and the Christmas Story, a lot, a, a lot of different movies. But I remember looking at the top 10 uh, Christmas movies of all time. And I think there was only one that even had remotely connected to to faith, and it was the Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> that at least had allusions. So I remember being surprised by them, like, wow. What's your experience of just reviewing Christmas movies in general? And, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Well, there are many, many films that sort of riff on Christmas as a holiday, but very few that really directly tell the story or that really focus some you know, are very indirectly connected. Others are movies that use Christmas as a setting for conveying a positive message that's in line with gospel values. And so that's important. But it's rare to find a film that really is directly focused on on the Christmas story itself. So lots of choices, everything from, you know, very closely connected to the story, a few of those, to many, many that are only distantly related to the reality of Christmas as with so much of the culture. And it's probably the gift of both, right? Getting get the story of things like the nativity story and, and the movie where you actually kind of see the story, where you kind of review it, or there's also the just indirect stories. Why don't we talk about those? What would be stories connected to faith that have really stood out to you? Well, one would be the film Joyeux Noël, Merry Christmas, basically, in French. Mm-hmm. And that's about the truce during World War One. There was a Christmas truce So it's based on real events, and it has a positive message about peace and so forth. Yeah, one of the things that always stood out to me about Joyce Noel was they had that beautiful moment where they're in the middle of the war, it's Christmas night, and they have the ceasefire. And then in German, they start singing Silent Night, so it's uh, Stille Nacht, 
And as the one started singing, and then everyone was singing, and, you know, people being on either side, you know, it was just a peaceful of, like, you know, why, why are we fighting? <laughs> and the fact that they could kind of unify at a difficult time. One of the themes of the movie is, without enemies, there can be no war. And this, it was just a great unifying time and peaceful time amidst war on this one Christmas night based on a true story. So that's a, that's a great, great story. And then obviously, It's a Wonderful Life is a very pro-life film in the sense of showing the value of, of this individual's life. And so although it's, it's only set during the Christmas holiday, nonetheless, it sends a, a message that's very much in keeping with gospel values. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that It's a Wonderful Life, obviously, it's an older movie. In some ways, we'd say, well, everyone's seen the movie, but probably many people have never seen that movie. What was something that stood out to you personally about the It's a Wonderful Life? Well, it's an interesting product of Hollywood in the sense that it's a spiritual film, but it avoids any kind of sectarian quality. So, you know, for instance, the angel is a very human angel, Clarence. And so there's there's a humorous tone to some of it. It's just very cleverly done so that it doesn't feel like you're being hit with a heavy-handed message. It's got that that golden age of Hollywood quality of sending a message, but sending it in a way that's entertaining and lighthearted and not annoying or overwhelming. How about the movie The Christmas Carol is a pretty timeless story. What, what were aspects or what would you say are the, the best you think amongst all the Christmas carols? What are the top ones that you recommend? Well, of course, we have numerous adaptations over the years from the Dickens novel or novella, really. The two that I would recommend particularly would be um, a recent one from 2009 that does quite a nice job of of bringing it to the screen, bringing the story to the screen. And then the 1951 version is also highly regarded. So of the many choices, those would be two possibilities. What was unique about those two, the 2009 version? Well, the 2009 was visually very, very powerful and captured the kind of mood that Dickens sets. And then the 1951 film is a lighter take on it. It's a little bit gentler than perhaps the the original material. Mm -hmm. I remember also just everything from, I was surprised by probably the most Christian version of it was The Muppets Christmas. That was kind of surprising yes. to me. The Muppets <laughs> Christmas had some very almost explicit Christian connotations. I was very surprised by that. It was kind of like lighthearted and fun, but also had had a little more depth than expected. I, I was very impressed yes. by that. Uh, which is uh, there again to strike the right balance is tricky. And so, you know, that might might not be the corner from which you'd expect this to emerge, but uh, you're quite right that the content is, is definitely serious and underlying some, you know, there are some serious points to be made there. Mm-hmm. I, I remember there was a quote from the Christmas Carol from uh, Dickens novel, and I didn't hear it in many of the, the movies or even some of the little, the play performances. But there's a quote where Tiny Tim says, whenever I go to church, I hope that when people see me because he's got his little cane, that they think about Jesus who healed the crippled, <laughs> you know, and it was like the sweetest little wow. little little statement yeah. from Tiny Tim. When I read it, I it kind of like, wow, that was a beautiful little line from Tiny Tim that I'd never heard in any of the stories until later. It was a very uh, yeah, moving. That's, mm-hmm. 
That's terrific, yeah. Also, I, I love that, the version of the Christmas Carol called uh, Scrooge with uh, Bill Murray, <laughs> he, that he had this, Bill Murray was more of a, just a very selfish Scrooge who didn't care about anybody, and it, it kind of has a modern-day version of, of Scrooge. It just had a humorous connection, but just that idea of, yeah, we can't just think about ourselves, and Christmas time is a time to think much uh, differently about the things that matter, and I, I thought the Bill Murray's version was pretty hysterical, a little bit, probably for older audiences, but it was very just a, a great twist to the Christmas story kind of brought up to date a number of years ago. What what about share with me there there was a there was a movie called Joseph of Nazareth. What what would you share about that movie? Well, that again is one of the few that really focuses on the story. So it it's the life of Joseph and it takes him up to uh, it has him dying shortly after the finding of Jesus in the temple, but it goes back to the annunciation and the nativity and sort of presents it from his point of view. So that's one of the one of the films that really has to do with Christmas itself as opposed to, you know, the reindeer and the sweaters and things like that. So that's a that's a good source, although not necessarily a story for little kids. There's a subplot that is better suited maybe to teenagers and grown ups. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that that that's helpful with what what would you share in general about just what, what would you say to parents and grandparents about even just watching Christmas movies together? What advice would you have for them? Well, I think the two that I can recommend for the whole family would be The Nativity Story and a 2017 film called The Star, which is directly about the incarnation of the, the nativity and tells the story from the point of view of a donkey and some of the other animals that were in the manger which is, you know, a nice way for a nice way to approach it for kids. And so sometimes it can be difficult to find a movie that, you know, is is entirely free of anything that you don't want to necessarily share with the kids. So those would be two possibilities. Now, even even in those, there may be occasionally we we warn about, you know, that there might be characters in peril which might frighten little kids. But in terms of any controversial content, that's that's not a problem in, in those two. Obviously, Joya Noel is going to be more for teens and grown-ups with World War One going on and so forth, and the same with Joseph of Nazareth. When I was doing research for this interview, I looked at a couple other movies, including things like the Christmas movie, but The Book Thief. Nine-year-old Liesl lives in Nazi Germany, and she kind of, I'm not sure if it came out around Christmas, but that was ranked in the Christmas movies. Um, oh, I'm not familiar with that one, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one I did see. It was a very precious one of one who would borrow books from a library. And it was just kind of this freedom amidst these difficulties they were in. Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Ultimate Gift? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. So it's charming. It's charming. It was James Garner prepared 12 gifts to be given to a grandson after his death. And it basically teaches oh, him wow. not to be a, self- a selfish person and that faith matters and kind of gets him out of himself, which was, yeah, I thought it was a very moving story. It was a while back. Wonderful. Well, we are we are blessed to have John Moderic for this discussion about why we need Christmas movies and the gift of watching Christmas movies, especially with family. So when we come back, we're going to be talking more about some other opportunities and the gift of getting the family together this Christmas. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. The 
Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Mercy High School in Baltimore and Maryvale Preparatory School in Lutherville announced December 10th they will begin a new tradition in girls basketball February 25th when the two all-girls schools compete in the Classic, a new annual matchup that builds on the legacy of previous rivalries between area Catholic schools. The Mercy Magic and the Maryvale Lions will play at Towson University's CQ Arena. This signature event builds on a friendly rivalry between Mercy and Maryvale spanning more than 50 years in multiple sports. The contest has its roots beginning in 1964 when Mercy High School competed against the old Seton High School in a three-year series at the Civic Center. In 1967, a new rivalry formed between Mercy and the Institute of Notre Dame. For 54 years, the game, as it was called, between Mercy and IND was the largest girls' athletic contest in Maryland. IND closed at the end of the last academic year. Tickets for the Classic will go on sale in mid-January. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. The Christmas tree and nativity crash should evoke the joy and the peace of God's love and not the selfish indulgences of consumerism and indifference, Pope Francis said. The Pope said December 10th that the traditional Christmas symbols bring an atmosphere that is, quote, rich in tenderness, sharing, and family closeness. Let us not live a fake commercial Christmas. Let us allow ourselves to be enveloped by the Christmas atmosphere that art, music, songs, and traditions bring to our hearts, he said. The nativity scene in St. Peter's Square this year features 30 statues depicting Mary, Joseph, the three kings, shepherds, and various flora and fauna from Peru. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan, the priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have John Malderic. John is the Assistant Director for Media Reviews for Catholic News Service. He does a lot of reviews for movies, and we're here talking about why we need Christmas movies. Welcome back, John. Thank you, Father. Can you speak to, there was a movie that came out that talked about the Bethlehem Star. Tell me a little bit more about the movie and what it's about. Yeah, so this was a documentary that came out in 2007, and essentially it's an inquiry into how real is the story of the Star of Bethlehem. And it's a very interesting exploration of the subject, including the fact that modern technology allows astronomers to use computers to recreate the night sky on any particular date, mm-hmm. all the way back to 2000 years ago and even further. And so this is kind of an effort to use that technology and apply it to vindicating the story of the Star of Bethlehem as recorded in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing saying, that's interesting. I'm not sure the the full ending. Is it true? Is it this? And they kind of make the case for when this star would have formed, it would have been looking like when the certain planets aligned, that it would almost look like a, a moving star. 
And I thought that very fascinating, right. even just to consider it or to say, that was interesting and worthwhile to watch. Yeah. Right. Uh, and of course, you know, obviously our faith doesn't depend on, on details like that, but it is fascinating to to explore that. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about just different kind of movies that either, what about movies that were kind of around Christmas time? I mean, I think of something like The Lord of the Rings came out and not that it's in any way a direct Christmas movie whatsoever, but can you speak of some of the themes and the gift of the gift of like a J.R.R. Tolkien and the gift of the story and how it makes us think about things that just to apply to people's lives. Tolkien was himself a Catholic, and although he didn't necessarily write his works in order to convey a directly, specifically Christian message, there are some themes in the in the books and the movies that are certainly in keeping with Christian belief. So in the idea of kind of an anti-materialist message. We see people being obsessed with the ring and as an object, but also as a source of power. And he's also warning us against the excessive concentration of power, which is in keeping also with the time time frame in which he was writing, which saw the rise of Hitler. And so Mm -hmm. although he's not sending a directly Christian message and not necessarily directly commenting on his, his own time and place, Nonetheless, there are elements of that present in the story that are carried over into the into the films. And I remember someone speaking about, in a very subtle but indirect but somewhat actually direct way, the mystery of providence, the mystery of providence working where, uh, and the fact that that Frodo, who's a little hobbit, almost like the little child figure, is you know it takes a child or or blessed are the children those who, who yes. can't rely on their own strength and then they need others and they have to work together. I mean, it's kind of the mystery of, uh, teaches a lot of good, you know, virtue and truths about life. That's right. And the, the heroism of a seemingly ordinary person. Right. That, that would be along the same lines, I think. And in, in that sense, too, within the context of the coming of World War II, the kind of basic decency of, let's say, the ordinary pilot for the RAF versus this evil system you know, so we, we can kind of relate it to that as well, I think. One of the things that Tolkien incorporated in his story, he coined a term called eucatastrophes, and he, co- he connected the word Eucharist and catastrophe. He says everyone knows what a catastrophe is. Something goes from good to bad suddenly. But he says, actually, in the mystery of providence, and he incorporated in, this, in his stories, he says there are such things as eucatastrophes, where things go from bad to good suddenly. So the Christmas story is something where literally God enters a very dark and even violent world, right? The Holy Family has to flee for their life. It's something that goes from bad to good. God enters time. The story of the second coming will be an experience where things go from bad to good suddenly. And so Tolkien knew that, and in the genius of his works, he would add this Christian concept of these elements where God steps in and things are shifted and the mystery of providential interventions that ultimately will be fulfilled in the second coming of Christ. So just a great addition in his writings. And one of his friends would have been C.S. Lewis, who there was a movie of the Narnia based on the Chronicles of Narnia, but the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. And they actually have Christmas themes in there. I remember the C.S. Lewis having this scenario where it's, it's a, it's a cold winter and the white witch is in charge and they use this phrase in the book and also in the movie that says, it's always winter but never Christmas. With mm-hmm. the reign of the White Witch, it's always winter but never Christmas until when Aslan comes over, he actually brings the spring 
and somehow connected, you know, that reality. I thought just very moving. Any insights in terms of the, the gift of the, the gifts of the movie Narnia? No, I think that that would also be an appropriate viewing choice because although it's obviously it's a parable, but nonetheless the the basic story is that of of our Lord's rede- redemption, the the redemption that He wins for us, and so that would certainly be a suitable choice for the holiday season. And I, I think that's an interesting idea that you know Christmas in the midst of winter is a source of war- spiritual warmth and and joy. But with the reign of the evil figure, there's the bitterness of the cold, but not the warmth of the holiday. Right. Right. Which even reminds us that as much as Hallmark Christmas movies can warm your heart and, and good things happening, there is something that the deepest warmth is is God himself incarnate. There's nothing more beautiful than the warmth of a God who knows us and loves us and humbled himself to become one as a, as a little with humanity, as a little baby. Just a beautiful, beautiful image. You, you do movie reviews. Are there any recent movies that have just come out that that you'd like that you might recommend for someone watching as a family, even if it's not connected directly with a, a Christmas theme or a religious theme? Well, sure. Right now, there are two high quality films available. One is called Belfast. Now, that's not necessarily for little kids. It's a serious story about the troubles in Northern Ireland during the 1960s. So there's violence and so forth. But for older teens and grown-ups, it's a very well-done story where it presents the, the crisis from the point of view of a young kid. And so, again, his kind of innocence up against the the prejudice that's causing the violence around him. So that's kind of interesting. And then the Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story is a really mm-hmm. outstanding film. And dare I say, actually improves on the on the 1961 film, at least in my opinion. So, and that's, you know, that's a touching story as well. So those might be two choices for grown-ups and, and for teenagers at the holiday season. Yeah, because sometimes we can just, movies give us the gift of learning about life and people and our responses to it, and it can be a, a great, great blessing. I, I remember mm-hmm. recently a, a movie that just came out, the Chosen special, the Chosen Christmas movie that kind of surpassed what they were hoping in terms of people watching it. It was kind of like a praise and worship of music and gospel music and telling the story of Jesus. And then they had a scene from it. It was very, very touching. Uh, some encounters between Mary Magdalene and the Blessed Mother in her older years. And some of it's, you know, simple and beautiful. Actually, it's very, it's almost a lot of Catholic themes in the in the Chosen special because they have a very enduring scene of Mary Magdalene with an older Mary. Almost like, mm. you know, this where Mary Magdalene comes to speak to her and the, the, the church is kind of underground. And, you know, it, it speaks of Mary talks about her, the Magnificat song, you know, the song that, you know, that, that she sung it in Luke's gospel. And she's like, there's something I mm-hmm. haven't shared with Luke yet. And she recites the Magnificat. I thought this was the song wow. that I've been pondering in my heart. It was very precious. I remember thinking it was a very Marian Christmas. Yes, and, yeah. For evangelicals. And even more... It's a spoiler alert, but she goes to give Mary Magdalene a gift. She's like, Mary, I'd like you to have something. And she says, go get that box from over there. And in the box is the swaddling clothes from Jesus. Wow. And she said that I just felt, I was called, you know, we used lamb's wool that was given to us, and I felt called to hold on to it. And it would be just like Mm -hmm. a mother who would think about that, you know, who might hold a special thing. And and so in some ways it was a great witness for relics. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a, yeah, which is ironic. 
Right, so it was a very Catholic of sorts. Yes, uh, very uh, uh, like, uh, the like chosen yeah. version of it. I mean, they were. I mean, the fact that and evangelicals. Sure, w- w- that sounds w- like an excellent have, production. Uh-huh. When you watch movies or when families watch movies, what recommendations would you have for them to have good discussions after the movie? Sometimes we watch a movie and then we go on to the next thing. What recommendations, especially as one who's done a lot of just thought before reflection on movies, what advice would you have for parents and grandparents to have those discussions after watching the movie? Well, as a general matter, I think a film can be a great source of family discussions so that if you if the film reinforces Christian values, then obviously that's a subject for debate, for discussion. But equally, if a film diverges from gospel values, that also can be the source of a discussion where you would say, now, the story had this element in it. If we line that up with the teachings of, of the Lord, how how do they compare? And so in what way does the movie reinforce our, our beliefs or in what way does it depart from them? And, you know, how can we make sure we, we focus on those connections or the lack of connection between those things? Mm-hmm. And that's just having good media literacy that we just don't consume it like fast food, right? When you just, if you eat a Thanksgiving meal or a Christmas meal fast and move on to the next thing but without savoring, like in, in a movie, we can do the same thing. We can savor the good, the true and beautiful in any film and especially during Christmas time. Well, we are blessed, blessed to have you, to have John Mulderig with us. What a great, great blessing to have you with us. Many blessings to you, and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you, Father. Great. So blessings to you. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.